You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Okay. Here we go. Five. Six. Five. And now, broadcasting from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. All right, so Connor wants me to introduce the show again, which is uh, you were with us last week. That's correct. For our conference championship review and uh, maybe a little bit of a Super Bowl preview. A little preview. bit of a, it was like a Super Bowl teaser. It was a teaser. This is the preview that. one. He had me introduce the show, so I'm doing that again. I guess he liked it. I didn't mess up too bad. I love it. So welcome, everybody, there to After know. Further Review with Connor Forrest. I'm Sean Oled, the executive producer. Connor Forrest is right over there taking a nice sip of Coors Light. Cold as the Rockies. Were, were the Rockies not the bluest you've ever seen on these? Uh, I gave it to you, and I said it was cold as the Rockies. It was. Went, okay, oh and then you goodness. touched the can, and you went, no. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> cold it might as the be Rockies. a little colder. We are in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, I know we like weather, so the weather's been a little bit better. I know we like talking about weather. I brought it here. up with me from Florida. I shipped it up. It was first That's class right. shipping. You it were in was Florida. Saturday. Last Saturday, I was in Florida. It was blustery. It was a high of twenty-eight or twenty-nine. We in had, Virginia. In Virginia, right. we had wind chills in the single digits, and. I was getting sunburned down in Sarasota, Ugh. so I decided, let's go ahead and first class overnight <laughs> some weather up here, and uh, as of today, it was 67 degrees. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. You're wearing shorts. It's about as good as it gets, isn't it? It really I- is. I'll tell you, we had, and and you know, for those of you longtime listeners, you know our affinity for the state of Florida. Shawnee loves Florida. I love Florida. My wife loves Florida, and when we landed in Sarasota... There was a feeling, it just, in the airport, I mean, you get, I mean, you walk to the jetway, and you feel it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the humidity, it's the feeling of, like, I'm just happy, I'm happier. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't describe, we're walking through the terminal, we're 10 feet out of the, the jetway, and I'm just looking at Anna going, I, I can't describe this, I'm just happier. I'm just happier. <laughs> um, it was fantastic, Shawnee, we can get into that, but... Uh, who are we sponsored by, Shawnee? We're sponsored by Anchor FM, the easiest way to make a podcast at Anchor FM. Let them know that Connor Forrest or Sean Olette sure. after further review invited you over. So, again, that's Anchor FM, the easiest way to start a podcast. You always say, Shawnee, how the hell are you? So I'm going to say, Connie, how the hell are Connie, you? Connie, <laughs> how the hell am I? Connie sounds like I should be between the age of 62 and 74. <laughs> and be a female. Have a bob cut. And have just silver hair. Does that <laughs> yeah. sound about How right? How are you doing, Connie? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. You it's ready? been a long day at the library organizing books, but uh, we shall survive. Does <laughs> that work? Go. There you go, Connie. Dude, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. I am. This is just, I mean, the best Sunday in football, the Super Bowl. We got one more of these, baby. One more. And you know, at the end of the year, and, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners can probably relate to this. I, I look back, and I, and I say this, I, this is a cycle. It's, it's, it is as consistent as the day is long. I mean, we spin around the sun every year, and we say the same thing. I look back on some of those Thursday. Do you do you remember those Thursday night games? There was a stretch of about four weeks where the world was so unhappy. <laughs> These yeah. games suck. It's twelve to nine. It's what was it? Broncos and Colts, or yep. what? I mean, it, garbage. You had the Commanders and the Bears. Mm-hmm. These games that just made everyone want to swan dive out of their uh, out of their upper level window, <laughs> but. It's at this time when last Sunday rolls around, for example, and there was no football on. And you just felt like, what was I ever complaining about? How could I have possibly complained about a football game? And you start to just feel like, I just took some of those Thursday nights for granted. Because 
as always, we will go out for wings tonight, mm-hmm. and there will be no football on. There'll be some garbage West Coast basketball game no one cares about. There'll be a hockey game between two teams that we'll pretend to enjoy, but really deep down in our hearts, <laughs> we're crying. And most importantly, there will be MLB Network replaying. MLB games. Network will be playing games from 2013. No, there was one. There was one last time. It was from 2015. It was the Red Sox Rays? I just honestly, Sean, I gotta <laughs> hey, tell you, man. David Ortiz had a first inning home run. So can I can you even imagine? Um, but we got one more of these, baby. Yeah. We gotta soak this in. Um, the great part about football will be that it just doesn't stop, right? You go right into free agency. You go right into the draft, and and before you know it, before you, I mean, you snap your finger, Shawnee. And we're going to be looking, you know, at the draft and in, 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 uh, OTAs and, and minicamp starting up in June. So lots to uh, be excited about. And, we, and we'll reflect on um, the happenings uh, of this this past year. Uh, but today is, is Super Bowl focused. It is our in-depth preview. It's going to get you ready for everything you need to know about Super Bowl 57. If you're a casual fan, um, say you're going over to a Super Bowl party. You stumble across this podcast and you say... I don't really know much of what's going on. You can take this little podcast, you can listen to this, and you can impress your friends. And you can just get caught up on the spark notes that is um, this Chiefs and Eagles showdown, which will be a lot of fun. Um, before we get into everything, Shawnee, I, I do want to touch on the Pro Bowl um, and have a little conversation about that uh, that happened on Sunday. And just kind of gauge your thoughts, where you're at with the Pro Bowl um, and kind of its its new format. So... Obviously, the NFL have run into a slight crisis with the Pro Bowl, right? Uh, I remember growing up, and and Sean, you could tell me if you remember this the same way as I do or if I'm in a dreamland. I remember when the Pro Bowl was, like, important. Um, And maybe important is a strong word, but it was a game that I watched. I didn't miss. We planned to watch, and it was fun. It was entertaining. It was, you know, the players really cared. It was enjoyable, and you had the skill contest, but like the game meant something, and, and we played it. And it feels like in the last decade, it has gone to a degree of almost borderline just disinterest, right? Like you turn on the Pro Bowl, and it didn't matter what you did. Remember, they did a situation where they got rid of AFC and NFC, and they brought in two celebrity coaches, and they drafted. And they, it was right. it was awkward. It was weird, and and literally, you would turn on the Pro Bowl. And it went from something you would sit down and watch to something you would uh, you would put on for 10 minutes before in between going out and doing activities with the family or with your friends or whatever you were doing. Um, but it, I believe it was the last Pro Bowl game that was played uh, last year, right? They, they had a Pro Bowl, AFC, NFC. It was last year. And it was just linemen took two steps, put their hands out, stopped, <laughs> right? Quarterbacks would throw. And they just – there was no catching. And, and in fairness – you know what was the motive? What's the motivation? Some of these guys are in contract years. Are you trying to get hurt in the Pro Bowl before you you go into free agency and try to make a lot of money? Like th- there is sense to be made on both sides. Um, this year entered in kind of a new wave, right? You had the flag football game in. I will give you my thoughts on it before, um, but but I I, I do want to get your thoughts on it. A, did you watch it? B, what did you think of it? And did you see any of the highlights? What was your takeaway from it? I did not watch it. Okay. Um, I think it's better. I mean, if you're if you're essentially going to have two-hand touch football, like I remember we had this conversation last year with the yeah. Pro Bowl, and you were just – I think you said they need to do something about it because it's just that bad. Yeah, it was just so bad. It's they bad needed to change it 100%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to essentially have a two-hand touch game, which is what last year's Pro Bowl and the Pro Bowl – I think, by the way, Sean, I, I, I'm going to give us credit here. Um I think we actually might have said straight up make it flag football. We may have. I Because I, I, I vividly have had that opinion before, and I've said it to people. I remember back in high school I said make it a flag football tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but go ahead. What were you saying? No, no, no. I agree. Um, and, and I think we did say that. But, yeah, I mean, the game was just – it's it's two-hand touch, and it was yep. just nobody was getting tackled. And it was all just players kind of goofing around. So – you know, you make it a flag football game. It's not that much different. It seemed a little funner this year from some highlights that I saw. It, yeah. it seemed like it was better. You had the Mannings being the coaches. Sure. Um, you know, I I, I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point, like you said, where these players want to risk injuries for a meaningless game. If you remember, you know, a football podcast here, but if you remember baseball used to actually mean something, the, the All-Star game, yeah. the MLB All-Star game. 
the winner of the All-Star game, whether it was the American League or the National League, they were whichever American League or National team made the World Series, that team had the home field advantage yeah. if their league won the All-Star game. So if the National League won and all of a sudden you have a team that has 110 wins on the season from the American League versus a team that has 75 wins from the National League, right. that doesn't matter. It's the National League is right. the, has the home field advantage. It would be game seven uh, if it got to that point at the National League stadium. Yeah. Football's never going to do that because the Super Bowl's held at a neutral site. I, yeah. I, I just – I wonder if – you know, it is it is an honor – for a player to be named to the Pro Bowl. I think there was a video this year of a Commanders player who actually Jeremy broke down in tears. Incredible when was, guy. Yeah, Love when he Jeremy. was told that he was going to be a Pro, Bowl, a Pro Bowler excuse me, by the head coach. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's an honor, and it does mean something to the players to go to the Pro Bowl. But at this point, it's like, do you really just, even have a game or you just have skills contests? I think it's a matter of time before they get rid of this completely. Really? I think it's going to be a matter of time. See, so but, uh, Here's my ahead. argument, though. There's got to be a way... To make players strive for something other than the Super Bowl, because the Super Bowl is not an individual stat, right? right? Well, think about there's got to the, be a way to make it an the individual. All Pro team. Right. If you're an All yeah. Pro, that is a fictitious team that doesn't exist. It's mm-hmm. it's an it's an award, but they're not. It's not a real team. You're not. There's no games going on. So in a way, my thing is eventually, I think the NFL are going to just make a Pro Bowl team and just not really have a game going on. For the record, I do want to say I loved the flag football aspect of you it. Did I like did. It. I, I loved it. So I didn't watch the full thing. I, I just didn't. The Pro Bowl is just not for me anymore. And it was funny because I've I've had people come to me and go, "What's your opinion on Major Tutty? Like uh, the, the the that you know the Commanders mascot is such a joke." It's like, well, the mascot's not really for me. Like there are certain things I can have strong opinions on, and then there are other things that I, it's like it's just not for me anymore. Like I and and that's okay. It can be for somebody else. What I I don't know why it always rubs me the wrong way, and I I it may, this is just a me thing. Maybe this is a me thing, and everyone else is is gonna say I'm totally wrong here. I, I'm just tired of these All Star weekends becoming like this TikToky social media. Let's have random celebrities doing random things. Yeah. It's like I'm not here to look at Pete Davidson. I, I don't I don't care. There are seven billion outlets where Snoop Dogg exists and Pete <laughs> Davidson exists. I, I don't I don't need to see them. And I know people are like, hey, it's fun to see them in a human form. No, no, I, I I'm I'm done with that. I I don't that the Grammys do this and all these other random you know West Coast crap. They there's platforms. There's billions of platforms for them. I'm here to look at football. I'm here to look at football players. I'm here to look at the guys that I love who people voted for. And and watch them do a skills competition, the kick tac toe, right? That kind of thing is fun. I thought the flag football aspect was awesome mm-hmm. because what it kind of simplified the game in a way that I didn't really think about before. It's funny to see these guys without pads and helmets on playing football, right? Basketball, they're in gym clothes playing, right? Um, baseball, they're they're in uniforms, but they're just clothes playing, right? Hockey is a little bit this way, but football specifically, they're in full like gear. So you don't see their faces. Like you don't see them in t-shirts. Um watching Trevor Lawrence like rolling out of the pocket with a blitzer in flag football <laughs> was awesome. I love that because I mean I grew up playing flag football, right? I played flag football for 10 years ago. I I my first contact football actually was in high school. And I loved it. It was so fun. Um it was so unique because everybody in the field was involved. The center was involved, like mm-hmm. And you got to see everybody's faces. You you weren't you weren't behind a visor or behind a face mask. You see their faces. You could see them engaging, and it was fun. You could see them talking. Um, that was so unique. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I think if they make it a tournament style, yeah, that's what that would say. be the best. Yeah. But I think they've got something here. I just wonder when the bloom is going to be off the rose for this, right? Like, when is it going to become a little old? Um, when are you going to start having players just not go? Right, because it's like okay. Yeah, when am I just – why can't I just get a bonus and take my family on a vacation? Yeah. Right? Now, I do think that they do a great job, and the NFL have always done such a good job in involving the families and the kids and the wives, and you see them there for the weekend, and they're on the field. It's just – it's fantastic. The Commanders did that better than anyone this year with, with Jeremy Reeves and, and, and him and Tress Way's family were all – it was just – it was fantastic. But um, 
I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I have to give the NFL props, man. I thought it was fun. Uh, I didn't watch it fully. It's just not for me anymore. The Pro Bowl is just not. I'm and look, maybe my memory of the Pro Bowl is just jaded by I was a kid and I just thought it was the coolest thing, you know, since sliced bread. But um, got to give them props. I thought they tried something new. They went different, and I I thought it was great. Um, I didn't watch it. I you know I think if they can refine the idea a little bit more, mm-hmm. I th- I think I'd be a I'd be a viewer next year but I, I just don't think it's it's I I think they have some work to do to get that to a situation where people would schedule to sit down and watch it I I do I agree I do think at some point it is going to be just kind of like a plaque that you get I think it'll be a plaque eventually and whatnot. Right. Um, because perennial pro-, pro bowlers it's like okay and Vegas is a great city people like you know hey we're going to bring your family out fly them out for the week and it'll be a fun time but um you know, to me, I, I really genuinely, and the reason I think it won't exist, you know, in the future, I don't know how long or short that'll be, is what you said. It's just kind of like, all right, I would rather just get my check here. I'd mm-hmm. rather start my trip to Cancun early and not have to plan my off season around another trip to Vegas that I don't really necessarily right. want to do anymore. Which right? is why I said, you know, at some point these players are just probably not going to start right. showing up. You know, Right, which is why I really think, they need to do it back in Hawaii again. They've got to do it <sighs> yeah. back in Hawaii again, and they've just got to be like, cool, we're going to fly out to Hawaii. Like, let's be clear. Like, Vegas is great, but I think after a while it's it's going to be played out. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be played out. In Vegas. Well, so this is um this is actually an interesting little tie-in with something I want to do with you in the offseason. Okay. Um, so we are going to have two episodes. We're going to call one Connor Forrest Commissioner episode where okay. you are the commissioner and you're going to fix the NFL. Gotcha. All, all your Love opinions that. on what can be fixed from preseason. What do we do there? Draft tanking, all that stuff. Gotcha. Then we're going to have a Connor Forrest commanders GM. I like day that. where you're the GM for the commanders. How do you fix the commanders? GM day. So those, if uh, you know, we got the super Bowl coming up, like you said, last of the last of the games for a while. Yep. Stay tuned for those podcasts. Those are going to be really fun. Oh, those are going to be awesome. It's going to be all Connor, his opinion on, you know, we know, I think anybody that listens <laughs> to this show knows that you can talk about the commanders and, and about the NFL for mm, probably three to four days on end. Correct. Um, Correct. But nonetheless, Connor, something a little more important than the Pro Bowl is coming up on Sunday. It is called the Super Bowl. Oh, I was hoping you'd say the Pro Bowl next year. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. All right. So 630 <laughs> on Sunday, February 12th on Fox I believe, Connor, we are going to have a new lineup of announcers because, you know, you and I, uh, we, we like our announcers. So We, it's we love be, our announcers. Let us see here. If I can get down to the article, it's going to be Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi, and Mike Perina. Am I saying that Mike right? Mike Pereira. Pereira. Yep. Pereira. Mike Pereira, the rules analysis uh, analyst, he will be uh, in the broadcast booth as well. Uh, so no more Troy and Joe because they went over to ESPN. They, they yep. did the Fox uh, Super Bowls forever. And I told you I actually spent a little bit of time in their booth this year when they came to Washington week 18. Um, I went into the Fox booth, and I was chatting it up with, with Olsen and Burkhart. Oh, yeah. Um, tremendous guys. I think Greg Olsen's a star. I think there's going to be a competition a between him and Brady. I think Brady's going to just it, – it's not going to matter because he's – but I could totally, totally see Olsen going to CBS. I could oh, totally yeah. see him going to CBS and, and honestly having a Romo role. If, if the Romo trend continues, I think Burkhart um, and, and Brady and then having Nance and Olsen over there mm. would, would be a, a decent mix. That's That's just a guess. I love Greg Olson. I mean, he's just such a tremendous guy. I love chatting with him. And, and Kevin Burkhart's just the most down-to-earth guy ever. And, I mean, w- when you get to see these guys, and you hear stories about different broadcasters, a little bigger for their boots, but they're just the most down-to-earth, and they're tremendous. They have a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a great chemistry, and I, I just – I think uh, I think Olsen Olsen's tremendous. Joe Davis as well. You listen to Joe Love Davis Joe on Davis. Fox. Yep. He, when he did the World Series this year, it was w- one of the best broadcasts I've ever He's heard. He's tremendous. He was incredible. I could see Tom Brady maybe pairing up with him as well. Makes to, yeah, completely. If, if they I like I, Burkhart and Olsen. Joe Davis and Adam Amin does, does a great job as well, but mm-hmm. I, uh, Joe Davis is, is Joe great Davis at Fox. is fabulous. He's I mean, he's, he's got the World star. Series locked for the next 30 yeah, years if and he, he wants should. it. He's tremendous. I um, believe Ian Eagle will be calling it on Westwood one, I believe. Ian Eagle should be on radio. I don't have that up, but I believe you're I think right. He's I think Westwood he's one. with uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, that would make sense. All uh, right. Mike Mayock is on Westwood, too. 
I believe they do a three person for radio. You do okay, a they do a three. Yep, they yeah, do because, typically. You know, you gotta you gotta. I, I, did I tell you when I ran into Mike Mayock in the press box, like I was grabbing some uh, Starburst, and um, I put my. And by the way, I was completely unprepared for this. We're up in the press box. The press box has a great little selection of goods and um, catered meals and everything, and they have this little candy table where they get these big flumes full of candy. Oh. So you know, as I pass by, obviously I, I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> I just walk over to the. Uh, they had this just tank of red starburst and i was like look let's just let's just do this so i'm gonna put my hand in there i'm not even kind of looking at who's next to me and all of a sudden uh both our hands go into this at the same time but before you know it i'm holding hands with this guy i'm going <laughs> all right so the, what is going on i look up and i'm just there i am holding hands with mike mayock and i'm like oh mike look what's going on so um yeah we held hands so that's kind of the, the point of this story um so yeah i'm essentially because i held hands with him i think i'm qualified to be a gm now <laughs> isn't, isn't that how that works probably great that's what I like to hear. Well, we are going to have Connor Force GM Day. So there, yes, you go. there you go. That's it. All right. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're going to go through both the Chiefs and the Eagles seasons. We're, it's just kind of a how yeah, did we how get we got here? here. Yeah. How do we get here? So we'll talk about those both those teams. Um, but first, most importantly, because you know I like uh, superstition every now and then, we're going to talk about jerseys. Give me some jerseys. Shawnee, what is going on with the jerseys? How is this going to look? What do we expect here? All right. So – Technically, the Eagles are the home team. It alternates between AFC mm-hmm. and NFC every year for the Super Bowl. Yep. So the Eagles have opted to wear their colored uniforms, which is going to be their green with white, white pants. bottoms. I be- I don't know if the pants have officially been announced, but I believe it is the white. Yep, that makes sense. makes sense. I know occasionally they'll wear green on green. Yep. I think. Um, Do they? It's green on black. Green on black. Yeah, Ooh. green on black. Okay, no, but it's green on white. I like the green on one, white. It's I crisp. believe. Um, and which means the Chiefs will wear their white on red. So you go, okay, Sean, come on. This is a football podcast. Like, this doesn't matter. This isn't a laundromat. Well, well, we are going into Super Bowl 57, which means we've had 56 Super Bowls played. 36 of the forty of the 56 Super Bowls have been won by teams wearing white. Really? Whereas only 20 of the 56 have been won by teams wearing colored uniforms. Interesting. So the there was a stretch to tie the Eagles into this. I don't remember exactly what Super Bowl number this was because it's in Roman numerals and I, I can't do that. But it's when the Patriots <laughs> beat the Eagles back in 2004 season into early 2005. That started a six Super Bowl stretch of teams that wore white winning the Super Bowl. So it was Patriots wearing white one, Steelers, Colts, Giants, Steelers, Saints, Giants, for the second time, I believe, were wearing their white. So that would have been the reverse of the trend right there back mm-hmm. in the uh, 2011 season Super Bowl between the Giants and the Patriots, the second time the Giants beat the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I what do you think? Do you think this is just a little coincidence, or do you think there's a little something to this? It should be pretty interesting because if we go back to the last few Chiefs Super Bowls we have witnessed, right? You go back to the Buccaneers Super Bowl uh, in Tampa, and then you go to that 49ers Super Bowl. Um, they were both wearing red. So we have not seen the Chiefs in not white. Not seen the Chiefs in white. Um, and with the Eagles last one wearing green. Green. However, the Patriots were the home team but opted to wear white. How about and that? And that one because, of the, you know, Bill Belichick might have a little superstition in them. Superstitious Shawnee. <laughs> that is what we will call you officially. That should be your legal name. There you go. Um, that's very interesting. That so, is. So let's, let's take a look at how we got here. Right, Sean? Um, I, th- I think – all of us are pretty well versed on how we got here. This is um, these are two sixteen and three teams, right? These are these are two teams that just dominated the regular season um, in pretty interesting ways. Um, kind of differently though, uh, which, which is which is funny because they're both offensive juggernauts. At least they're built to be that way. Um, Chiefs won that number one seed uh, with the presumed MVP. Am I right, Sean, to say that Patrick Mahomes is is pretty much a shoo-in at this point to be MVP. Correct, yeah. Uh, 5,250 yards, 41, t- 41 touchdown passes for Pat Mahomes this year. And the best part is he did it without Tyree Kill. You remember how we came into the season thinking the Chiefs offense just had to eventually take a step back, right? You're taking the Marquez Valdez Scantling, the, the, you know, the distant number two guy, maybe even the number three guy with the Packers, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, who kind of fell off a shelf after his rookie year with the Steelers. Um we're talking about rookie Isaiah Pacheco, Juju Smith-Schuster, and obviously um, MVS in there. Um, and they have all played really, really important roles in that offense. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is arguably one of the better tight ends to ever play the sport. Um, 
and you've got pro bowlers in Creed Humphrey, who, if you remember, if you remember going, this is way back to Creed Humphrey when he was drafted. This was two years ago. Uh, Ian Cummings came onto the podcast as our draft expert and said the biggest theft of this draft. He said, I cannot believe Creed Humphrey went as late as he did to the Chiefs. And he's a pro bowler, right? <laughs> like he's he's a he's a He's a star. Um, Orlando Brown, who was traded from the Ravens, has been a star. And Joe Thune. So that offensive line has been really, really good. And in years past, it's always been kind of the patchwork offensive line and Patrick Mahomes having to use his leg to kind of make plays. Um, but the, the really the Chiefs' defense throughout this playoffs have been really kind of the story, right? We know what their offense is, but did we really see in any capacity Chris Jones completely taking over? Um, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow running for their lives, right? They're an AFC team that got their one seed and, and their defense has really pulled that rope along with the offense. So that's been really, really impressive for them. And I think that that's going to be a, a, a huge story, um, for this Super Bowl is what can this defense do? And this is going to be obviously in the playoffs, but I think for the first time in a while, this is going to be the Eagles first real defensive wall. They're going to be running into. How do they react? That's going to be the interesting one. Um, Eagles are heading in Arizona, like I said, 16-3 and record during the regular season. They won the number one seed um, in probably the best division in sports, right? The NFC East, which can you imagine anyone saying that at the start <laughs> of this year? Um, if Mahomes is that MVP, Jalen Hurts has got to be number two, right? I mean, this guy came out of – you know, I think when I think of Jalen Hurts, I, I go back to Howie Roseman taking him in that second round. Go back to them thinking, okay, we have Carson Wentz. We have an ability to resurrect him. We're going to get one more shot with the guy who brought us to the promised land, former MVP candidate. You know, he, he led us through the regular season and in, in our first Super Bowl. Um, and we're going to take a very high profile a very high-profile guy in Jalen Hurts, a guy who played in a national championship game, a guy who the nation already knew, um, and they decided to go with him. And it was last year. We weren't quite sure what we got from him. It wasn't a great passer. When they lose to the Buccaneers in the playoffs in that wild-card round, mm -hmm. he looked really bad. Um, but so much of the chatter coming into this year was, hey, this guy is stepped up. This guy has changed. This guy is leading a great offense. Nick Sirianni is a tremendous coach. And Howie Roseman just knows how to build teams. And every single one of those things were true. And the Eagles were the best team in the NFC, hands down, for the entire year, right? I said that the 49ers were the best team in the NFC. And, and while I, I really did believe that towards the second half of the season, and, and definitely when they were healthy, I, you know, last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I felt like they were the best team in the NFC. Um, but the Eagles were just. They, they came out and they were destroying opponents. And they did it with Hurts, and they did it for two weeks without Hurts. Um, there's not really a weakness, right? How good is that trade for A.J. Brown look? Mm. I mean, can you imagine being the Titans and thinking, yeah, that that was a good idea, right? That was a good idea. I got <laughs> Traylon Burks. Um, but it's A.J. Brown. It's Devontae Smith, who's a star. It's their backfield, right? Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, these guys are, are just – it's just unstoppable. Um, and it's the defense as well. I mean, there's not a weakness on this roster. Hassan Reddick, um, a monster. Uh, two sacks uh, in the NFC title game. Um, they are they are a 70-sack team. They got 70 sacks. Wow. 70, which is just up, up through the point in the season. Um, in the secondary, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Darius Slay and James Bradbury. The Eagles are built to win. They're built to win, I think, for the foreseeable future right now. I mean, I, I think their window is wide open. I think especially with a guy who you're paying no money to in Jalen Hurts, who's going to get a lot of money, by the way. He's going to get a ton of money in his contract extension. Um, but you have the flexibility. You've got a guy in Howie Roseman who just knows how to work caps. He knows how to find talent, knows how to build teams. Um, and, Sean, this is a team that when they won that Super Bowl, against the Patriots. There is, I can't think of there, I really am going to have a hard time, and, and maybe you can help me with this, naming players that are on the roster now that were on that roster during that Super Bowl win, right? Jason Kelsey, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox yeah. Brandon Graham. Mm -hmm. were, was Boston Scott? Boston Scott was. He was, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, now I'm I'm like now I'm really running out of names. I'm going like yeah, I can't think of receivers or really any other. This no is quarterbacks. a new thing. Yeah, and, and what is the temptation? What is the temptation the most of teams after they win a title? It's holding on to an aging roster, holding on to something that okay might have worked, but let's let's strip it down and rebuild it again and keep this window open. It's what the Capitals have done for so long. I have heard since 2012 that the Capitals' window is closed and that Ovechkin is too old, but. It doesn't matter. The, the Caps have done nothing but keep the core together. Yeah, I know. I Make that face. Make that <laughs> face closer. They've kept the core group together, right? The TJ Oshis, they've kept the Alex Ovechkins, the Backstroms together. While getting Tom supporting cast. And getting supporting cast to keep that window wide open. Yeah. And they're just always competitive. Whether they're winning cups or not, they're competitive. And, and it's so tempting. And, and and I felt that way after the Eagles ran it back again um, with Carson Wentz where they, they held on. But this is a new thing, and this is Howie Roseman to a T. This is one of the best GMs in the sport, um, and he deserves so much credit for what he's been able to do. Um, can, I, can I throw a little fact team. at you? Please. I don't know the exact number, but I saw it reading an article about the Super Bowl. The two teams' offense have scored the exact same number of points throughout from week one throughout to where we are right now. Really? The exact same number of points. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a little thing to keep in mind going into the Super Bowl. So betters, just hit the over in this game, right? (laughs) Hit the over in this game. That's just what's going to be. So so that's kind of how we got here, right? These are two dominant teams at the NFL, Shawnee. I do have a question for you that popped into my mind because we just talked about Mahomes and we just talked about Hurts. Sure. Scrambling quarterbacks, you know they make me nervous. I'm sure they make you nervous as well. We know Mahomes is coming in with an injury. I have PTSD from number 10 here in 2012. (laughs) All right. So let me ask you this. Which backup quarterback would you have more faith in should something happen to one of these starting quarterbacks or both to take home the Super Bowl? You got Chad Henney for the Chiefs, and mm. you got Garner Minshew for the Eagles. I think Chad Henney in this system is going to be more trustworthy just because I don't really know his desire to take risks. We know Gardner Minshew takes risks, mm. right? Um, but then again, we – seen him look at that Dallas game um put up huge numbers he's explosive right big risk takers like look at the Brett Favre's and I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre but l- look at the risk takers um they might throw two picks the Ryan Fitzpatrick's to, to, you know what did I say when we brought him in hey he'll throw four touchdowns but he'll throw three picks and that's just <laughs> we live with it um of course Ryan Fitzpatrick played 20 minutes and then died so um James Winston same thing same thing yeah. right um I would say Chad Henney just because – and let's not forget, he was in for a couple drives. That 98-yard drive against the Jags where mm, he just took over and yep. subsequently made some some pretty big passes, uh, big third-down conversions. Um, I feel good about either of those guys, but I'd probably lean towards Henney just because in terms of risk-taking, I think I think the Chiefs can run the ball well, and I think they don't need to do too much. They, they just have enough weapons. Um, and you've got Travis Kelsey, probably the best blocking tight end, the best receiving tight end in football. It's just you can't really beat it. So that's what I'd say. Okay. I like that. Um, Shawnee, where are we going next? We we are gonna steer the ship. Um actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. Let's list the top five impact players for the Super Bowl. Okay? Okay. Let's list this is of both teams. These are of players that are you think are are game changing guys, top dudes that are going to be difference makers. Um let's name those top five. Do you have – let's start at five and work our way up. Do you have number five in mind? Do I have number five? Yeah. Who do you got? Got Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah. There you go. So do you think he's more – do you have – I guess I won't spoil it, but do you have him over A.J. Brown? I do not, now. I don't. don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we will see A.J. Brown in this. We will. Okay. Number five for me is going to be Hassan Reddick. Okay. I think Hassan Reddick is going to be more indicative of if he has a big game, I think it means the Eagles pass rush is going to get to Mahomes. And what is that going to do? How is that going to change the plan? Andy Reid is the best at making this work, right? He's the best at being able to scheme around stuff. But I think if Hassan Reddick has a big game, the Eagles defense is getting to Mahomes and that means something. I think he's a game changer. I, I this I, I think this is gonna be um 
you know, you saw what they were able to do, and I know it was beat up. I, I, I know they couldn't do anything on offense, but you saw what they were able to do against a pretty good offensive line with San Francisco. So I'm going to say Hassan Reddick, and I think he represents that Eagles pass rush. So uh, I'll, I'll go with that. Who do you got for number four? I, I'm going to go with Mahomes at number four. Really? really a little surprising. That is very surprising. It's a little surprising because I think he's a little lower on the list than Jalen Hurts, who is also going to be on my list at some point. Because Mahomes, he's coming in with an injury, right? Mm-hmm. But he also has, in my opinion, more weapons. And I think they have a, a, a really, really good running back in Isaiah Pacheco. Yep. Who's going to be able to take over. Um, and then, obviously, you also have Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Toney. I mean, you've got you've got a, a good supporting cast. So, I'm going to put Mahomes simply because I don't think the weight of the world is going to be on his shoulders. So, I'm going to have him at number four, not closer to the front. Okay. I, I don't think he has as much pressure on him as we've seen in other Super Bowls he's been in. Or, frankly, other games. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um. Number four, I'm putting Chris Jones, so okay. I'll go defense two two times more. But I'll go Chris Jones on the other side because uh, for really the same reason, he's dominant. If you strip the Eagles of their ability to run the ball, right, even if you're not getting sacks, if you're not getting two sacks in a game, if, if, if he doesn't get a sack in this game, but he is holding this rushing attack to under 100 yards combined between the three mm-hmm. of them, and you start making Jalen Hurts push the ball downfield, um, and you start – I mean, maybe, I mean, look, he did it last week, right? He, I mean, or I guess two weeks ago, but he got to the quarterback um, twice. So if he can get to the quarterback, if he can kind of disrupt the timing of Jalen Hurts, if he, can, if, if he can kind of force that ball out of his hand early and make those receivers make plays, um, what's that going to look like? I, I just think he's so dominant. He's so strong. He's such a, a wrecking crew, uh, just a one-man wrecking ball. Um, I think he can totally change the course of the game. I think a turnover, a sack, a strip sack um, that gets the Eagles offense off rhythm and makes them chase the Chiefs is going to be a problem for Philly. So I'll put Chris Jones there, number four. All right. Number three for me has, I mean, it's got to be Travis Kelsey. You got to have him on your list. Completely. Travis Kelsey. Uh, easily one of the better players in the NFL. Yep. Huge game, game changer. I mean, I, I remember him in that Jaguars game. Back in the divisional round, I mean, just right. outstanding play. I think he had 14 receptions. Yeah, in that game. So yeah, yeah I, I expect big things from him, especially if Mahomes is uh, if it gets to crunch time and Mahomes needs someone to go to. You always go to your favorite target. Yep, right. That, that's totally. universal across the board for all quarterbacks. So look for Travis Kelsey. I would put Travis Kelsey here if you didn't say that, but for the sake of it, I'm going <laughs> to go with AJ Brown here. Okay. I think AJ Brown is a guy that can turn a game on its head or get an Eagles offense going when they need it. Um, he's so physical, such good hands, such an ability to just, I mean, really one-on-one, it's its its hard to name somebody in this league that could just stand toe-to-toe with him. Um, I think if it's a situation where the Eagles get down early, um, or even not, I mean, Nick Sirianni is aggressive as hell, man. I mean, mm-hmm. this offense is aggressive. Maybe you get out and you start that opening drive and you take a shot deep. And you just kind of let these the, the secondary know, hey, we're, we're coming for you. And we're coming with a tank. Um, he is one of those guys on the field between both teams, by the way. Travis Kelsey is that guy as well. I mean, Travis Kelsey could score, and I would bet that he scores two touchdowns this weekend. But he's the guy who can change the tempo of a game and change the pace of a game and say, hey, look, you, you want to rush us? Cool. I'm going to get in the shotgun. I'm going to have Miles Sanders block for me. I'll Boston Scott block for me. I'll take two steps back. I will launch this ball deep to A.J. Brown, and I want you to try to stop it. Um, I think we're going to see that. Um, so I'm going to put him at three there. So for two and one, I'm going to go combo here. Okay. So I think they're they're combo players. It's going to be A.J. Brown. It's going to be two. Okay. And it's going to be Jalen Hurts as okay. number one. I think if the Eagles have a chance to win this game, which they clearly do, they're probably the best team in the NFC, especially after what happened to the Niners. I think they're uh, – I think it's going to be those two. I think they have to have one of their mm-hmm. best games. I think they have to, you know, be on target with each other, uh, have a good connection. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, AJ Brown and, and Jalen Hurts as one-two combination. Great for, I like for that. big key players. I like that. I, I'm going to go for uh, my one is going to be obvious, so I'll just do my two and one here. Mm-hmm. Um, my two is Patrick Mahomes. I think he is the best 
player in football. I think he's the most valuable person in football. I think he's the most valuable player to play this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put him at number two because number one is just a question of this is the Super Bowl. It, and Jalen Hurts is number one. It, it's the Super Bowl. Like the, he hasn't he hasn't played on the stage. Mm-hmm. He arguably hasn't played this type of talent on the opposing side. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's playing a talented defense or theoretically facing an offense himself that he has to go, you know, toe to toe with. And if it's a shootout, it's and if Patrick Mahomes, if, look, if this game gets into the third fourth quarter and it's twenty seven twenty four, it's it's you know thirty one twenty seven. And you just got to keep driving the ball downfield. Um, this is where Jalen Hurts is, is is just going to have to do that. Now, when you play at Alabama, right? When you play in national title games, when you're at these Power Five schools on a big stage, he has he's been there, right? The national title game in the co- in college football is a media spectacle. It is a national stage spectacle that is stands up there with the NFL. It really does. So when people say, is he ready for the big stage? I think he's proven he's ready for the big stage. Um, is he ready for the big stage against a dog like the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. You know, is he ready to stand up against, uh, you know, the this is not the, this is the bully of the schoolyard. That's, you know, he's six foot one as a sixth grader. And you're like, oh, this is <laughs> a problem. Um, can the Eagles punch back? And most importantly, can he punch back? Because he is going to be what this offense flows through. Can he do it on the ground? Is he running the ball? Um, but what does the read option look like? Like, mm-hmm. how is he going to do it? This offense flows through him. What's and, his movement um, in the pocket? What's his movement in the pocket? How does he take getting a big shot early? Say, I mean, Chris Jones comes through and, and hammers him in the first quarter. How is mm-hmm. he going to respond? How is is, is that going to change him? I don't know. But he's my number one because Mahomes has been there, done that. Um, it's almost kind of an expectation at this point. The Chiefs are a title game. Um, slash Super Bowl favorite every year uh, since he has arrived on the scene. And and he knows. He's been there. He's done that. Um, Hurts hasn't. So what does that look like? Yeah. That's really – he's going to be that the number one most important guy um, for his team, really. All right. So last year we did one bold prediction. Yep. We gave one bold prediction. I think you actually got yours right. I think you said a receiver will throw a touchdown, which did end up happening – for the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did Cooper Cup throw a touchdown? I, or did he? Did he receive? I can't remember. That's a great question. It happened, though. I know it, it happened. I don't happen. remember the players involved. That's interesting. So you were right. So what's your bold prediction? It's a great question. Um, you want me to give you mine first? Please. I'm going to go Philly gets a safety. Philly gets a safety. Yep. Interesting. Now, we've seen that before in the Super Bowl. We back have. in 2013. We have completely seen that in the Super First Bowl. snap, I think. First offensive snap. It was uh, went okay. over. No, I, that's not my prediction, but I'm saying what happened in yeah. 2013. Remember when over Manning's head? That's right. Into the end zone, and at that point, somebody on the Broncos just that dove on it. That was drubbing. That was awful. That was, that was awful one of the worst Super, Super Bowls. And it was in New York, and it was cold. And it was and raining. It was kind of, yeah. It was terrible. Um, I'm... I'm I'm teetering between two. Okay. Um, pick a number one or two, and I'll give it to you. Two. Uh, there's going to be a special teams touchdown. Okay. That's what I'll say. Kick return, punt return, a fumble, a muff kick, a muff something. I think I think you said safety. I'm going to say touchdown uh, on, the, on the special team side, whatever that looks like. Okay. Um, the other one I thought was – I I was thinking Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna hit the over on on Travis Kelsey touchdowns. I was about to say Travis Kelsey gets three touchdowns. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna probably put a bet on that, but I could see both of those happening. I'll just say for the fun of it, special teams touchdown in this game. All right. So l- let me also ask you this. I don't know if you notice this trend, but I kind of do. In Super Bowls where we're like, oh, these are two high-powered offenses, like this is going to be a shootout, it tends to be a little lower scoring. It always ends up being a slightly lower. Remember when Rams-Patriots, it was the year of the offense. That was embarrassing. (laughs) It ended up being 13-3. Last year is an example. Remember, I think people were thinking, oh, this is going to get in the 30s, maybe even you know upper 30s, low 40s, it was 23-20. Yep. They tend to be a little lower scoring because the defenses are so charged. Yep. Same situation here, you think? Um, I do think... Yes, um, I think it'll be in the twenties. Okay, but um, no, I don't see this becoming a all. T- I don't. Did I don't see them scoring ninety points, right? I don't, right. I don't see this being a seventy, you know, eight to eighty point kind of thing. Um, overall, 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think the nerves end up being high early, and then teams tend to not get too creative too early in the Super Bowl, just because it's feeling it out. And usually, before you know it, the first quarter's over, and it's like three nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's three yeah. nothing. Like, what's going on here? I'll take the over in this game because I think the over under is set at fifty and a half. Fifty is that and right? a half. Okay. I think. Let me. I now. All right. So basically, what I'm getting at, everybody, is. We are not only going to predict the score like we did last year, which I believe none of us got right, but yep. we're also going to predict quarter by quarter score. Quarter by quarter. I like this. So let me – I'm actually going to put in my – what did you say the over-under was? Because I'm going to just do a little math here. Yeah, let's go Super Bowl over-under. right now I have – if you were right, if it's in the 50s, I'm at the under. Okay, yeah, let's see here. Um, let me go to Odd Shark real quick and see if I can pull something up here for you. Yeah, looks like the over under as of now, at least well, at least for this sports book is fifty. Okay, so I'm gonna go under. You're under go over. Uh, I am going to go over fifty. Okay. Yeah. I'll okay. Go over. Um, I don't know. That seems a little high. Hold on, my final score bet might be f- nope. Yep, I'll go over, but barely over. Barely over. Okay. Barely All right. Over. So let me. If you're ready to transition into predicting, I think it's time we predict. Let's do it. I do want to ask you one more question is um, now this can be anything Super Bowl related, commercial, halftime, pregame, food, whatever. What are you most excited about on Sunday? So I made Super Bowl cookies. Oh, they are in the colors of the two teams. So I look went, at you. I, go. I got sugar cookie mix and I got red icing. Yellow icing, white icing, and green icing. Wow. So I've made the Chiefs one. So it's a red sugar cookie with a K, a yellow K, and a yellow C. So the issue is the icing's kind of thick. So I I don't know what I'm going to do for Philly. I can't spell Philly out on it. So I might have to just do like green with like white polka dots. (laughs) That'll make it look good. Interesting. I like this. Yeah. I'm most uh, excited for just food, man. I mean, the, the football food is so great. Um, I'm thinking of doing, yeah. As you as you spoke that out, I'm thinking about doing <laughs> like a nice uh, celery and fruits fruit dish and just all healthy food. Yeah, yeah. So no, we'll do that, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll frisbee disc it out the window. Yeah. Um, it's got to be wings. It's got to be pizza. Um, I've got some stuff churning in my head. Do I could do a little bit of like um, I was over at my wife's grandparents' house, and they did these small little. Um, they're like pastry shells. Mm. Do you like brie cheese? Are you a brie, brie cheese? Um, I'm not a huge brie cheese fan. I think I kind of like it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's very popular, right? But little shells that had brie in it, and then you put them in the oven, melt it into these little cups, and then top it with like a red pepper jelly. Mm. And they were like little cheese. I mean, they were just—it was so unique and small. And by the way, so simple. It could not have taken less effort. But I think the red pepper jelly could be the Chiefs. And okay. then on the other side, I'll just do cookies with little trash bags on them for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now we know Connor's prediction. Um, <laughs> he had to get that out. Yeah, I had to get that out of my system. I apologize. All I'm, right, try, let's I'm trying to be even. It's a Super Bowl. We all have to be <laughs> happy. Go. Now if it was the Cowboys, you know. Right. Now if the Cowboys, I, I would I just would ignore their existence. It would just be, <laughs> hey, it's a Chiefs party. And yeah, just, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind yeah, of how no it goes. Cowboys left. All yeah. right, what's your first quarter score? All right, first quarter score, I do think that we get to 10-7. Okay. I think it's going to be 10-7 Chiefs. I think we'll get back and forth um, probably punts to start with, and then we get two touchdown drives. Um, and then I'd say the Chiefs uh, take the lead at the end of the first quarter on a field goal. Okay. I like it. I'm going to go 9-7 Philly. This nine, is where seven. your safety comes in. Got oh, two really? two touchdown drives and a safety. An thrown early in there safety. For Philly. Yeah, right. second quarter. Uh, second quarter, I think the Eagles take the lead. I think they score a touchdown. The game slows down a little bit. I think we go 14-10 to 10 at half. Eagles lead. All right, I'm going to go 16-14 to 14 at the half for Philly. And then Rihanna. Woo! Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah what it, okay. Um, <laughs> at the end of the third, what do you have? End of the third, I have the Chiefs uh, scoring 10. Okay. I think they score 10. Uh, the Eagles get shut out in the third quarter. I think it's 20-14 to 14 Chiefs. At the end of the third. All right, I'm going to go 19-17 to 17 Philly. 19-17 Philly. In the third. If the Eagles lead going into the fourth quarter, I'm going to start getting really nervous. Mm, like, what do you, really what do you have? End of the game, final. Who's the Super Bowl champion in your head? I've got Kansas City winning this. I have them winning by three. 
I've got a 27 to 24 game. I think the fourth quarter, the Chiefs go in with a lead. They probably put a touchdown on the board. And I think the Eagles, if I had to imagine, I could totally see it being where the Chiefs come out and come out to kind of a big lead. I have them at maybe like a 27 to 14 lead, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, this is now what? I guess it's a 13 point lead. Um, and the and the Eagles kind of make a little bit of a storming comeback here, and the Chiefs get the ball back and just chew a bit of time, and and I think it's I think it's good. I think this game is going to be close. Okay. I don't I do not see an aspect where either team runs away with this. But my final score prediction for Super Bowl Fifty Seven in the desert is the Chiefs winning twenty seven twenty four. All right, so I have the exact same number of points for Kansas City twenty seven. Okay. I think they get. 10 points in the fourth quarter, touchdown okay. and field goal. So remember, they only had 17 in my prediction for right. the third quarter. I think the Eagles get shut out. I'm going with the 27-19 win for Kansas really? City. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So we're both taking Kansas City. Okay. What what is what is your biggest reason Kansas City wins this? Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. The, the biggest reason I could see, and I'm not going to make a bold prediction of this, I could see Hurts throwing a crucial interception. Okay. I, I could see it just getting too much. But, I just, you know, if, if it starts to get to the point where it's like, all right, Kansas City might win this, you know, does, does he panic? My gut tells me that this is going to be less of a quarterback conversation and more of a defense conversation. Mm-hmm. I just think the Chiefs defense is going to end up getting to Hurts a little bit. Um, and I think more than anything, I think they eliminate the run game. I think they kind of make Philly one-dimensional. And I could totally see Philly's offense stalling for a while between the second and third quarters, right? The start of the second quarter and the end of the third quarter. I could totally see Philly going through a real big dry spell in some capacity. I don't know why. I don't know what it would look like. But I think it's going to be part and parcel with the fact that the Chiefs defense, um, I think they're going to step up. I think they're they're going to limit an aspect to Philly. What aspect that is, I don't know. Is it downfield and make them run the ball? Is it shutting down the run and, and putting the ball in Hurts' hands, having to sling it around and, and go toe-to-toe? Um, I just – I give way too much – you know, not. I guess credit's not the right word, but there's too much weight for me in, and, in my trust in Andy Reid's ability to scheme around a defense. Mm. And I know that if you're a Philly fan listening to this, you're going, dude, what about Philly's defense? What about their ability to run the ball? What about their secondary? All of them, all of them elite. All of it elite. I just trust Andy Reid's ability to, to re- respond to it and say, okay, cool, you're doing that. Well, let's get Kadarius Tony going on fly sweeps. Let's get, you know, this random guy you don't really know um, involved in this game. And, and, and Travis Kelsey just being him. I, I just – I don't know. I, I, I trust Andy Reid way too much. Um, and I think the Chiefs have had a much um, – I think a, a more challenging road to the Super Bowl um, where they've been tested in different ways. You've been tested with Patrick Mahomes' health and how he can move around and scheming around that. Um, and I think the Eagles have been fortunate to play, um, you know, a dead 49ers team and a Giants team that they just are so much better than. Yeah. That's kind of where where my heart's at, and that's honestly how I feel. I'm going to go two more questions with you. Kansas City wins. Is it safe to say that you think Kelsey has a better chance at winning MVP than Mahomes, or do you think it's probably going to be Mahomes? It's Mahomes. Unfortunately, the the MVP conversation has just been – it's just – it's quarterbacks. It's just – Not always. Edelman got it once. So you're talking Super Bowl MVP. All right, I was, that, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking Super Bowl. So I thought you meant overall MVP. No, no, no. Overall, that's Mahomes. Totally. In. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. completely. No, super, I'm sorry. Super Bowl super MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, completely. Honestly, I, I think if he goes for two touchdowns, like, yeah. You think Kelsey? I think Kelsey could totally You think Kelsey? Okay, uh, if it is the Eagles, do you think it's a lock for Hurts to win MVP? Not necessarily, but I think there's some, I mean... It really depends how this game is played out. Because Hurts does a great job at spreading the ball around. The Eagles are so far from a one-dimensional offense Mm -hmm. that um, for that offense to succeed, it kind of does run through Hurts. So, in a way, maybe I am talking myself into 
Until if, Hurts. Into Hurts. That's what I, I think. Yeah. If Philly wins, it's probably going to be Hurts. Yeah, I think if Kansas imagine. City wins, I think it'll either be Mahomes or Kelsey. Sure. That's that's kind of with probably leaning actually a little towards Kelsey. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'm going to ask you is if you were the Bing New York Times predictor meter that has. Yep. They do this for everything. Like, oh, yeah, this has a. 60% chance of happening. For elections, yep. Where are you right now with you predicted Kansas City? What percentage do you put them at winning this game? I put them at like a 55, 45. Okay. So right? it's close. So it is close. I just think this game's going to be close. I think it's going to be really good. Um, I think both teams are going to get tested in ways that they haven't yet. Um, but I I think this is stage is set here for Mahomes to get, get number two under his belt. I, I really just do. I, I think... I just, I think they're they're such a good team, and, and so are Philly. But I, I I don't know if Philly's time is quite yet again. Um, we'll see. But that's 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 my thought. Um, so so what we're gonna do next week? We did this got? last year when the Super Bowl was wrapped up. I believe we came up with a list of at least it may have been more, but at least ten takeaways from the Super Bowl. Not even sure. game related. Now obviously most of it's going to be game related. Yep. But I think I talked about Al Michaels being the goat of announcers. I think yeah. we talked about the Rams jerseys or like the the blues just too freaking oh, bright. Yeah, remember dude, that? your memory is really good. <laughs> I don't is. remember any of that, but yeah, really? I, now it totally comes back to me. So we talked about that. Yeah, um, the blue from the Rams uniform. <laughs> Like, legit give me a headache. I remember looking at the screen going, like, what the hell is going on with my screen? And then I'd open it up on my phone, and it would just be like, are they, are they illuminescent? Like, are yeah, these they, neon? They, they like, are a did somebody bit. go with a highlighter? Which, by the way, I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the jerseys. But you know how there are certain teams that play each other where, like, the matchup and the jerseys just look good together? Yep. Like, completely. for me, it's the Panthers and the Cardinals. That blue and that red. I think when they're on the field yeah, together, it looks really good. I've always felt that way about Cowboys and Redskins. Cowboys, like the Redskins. burgundy look, yep. and then the blue and white. It's just great. Looks great together. It does. Last year, I, I didn't think it looked too great because you had black jerseys with, like, fluorescent orange socks and white pants for the yeah, Bengals. And then you had the, the fluorescent blue with white jerseys. Neon blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they clearly had LEDs in their jersey. I was like, what the I, hell? I think I really like Kansas City's red. And I think with a little bit of uh, Eagles green sprinkled, yeah. I think it's going to look good. Well, it goes with the theme colors in Arizona, doesn't it? Arizona, that that kind of western, um, southwestern color scheme, right? The reds. Like, you have a bunch of eclectic colors going on down there. So I actually think... It does work out really well. Um, dude, it's – yeah. I mean, this is Jersey talk. We should call this after Jersey review. Yeah. Um, the, the last thing I will I, – I promise this will be my last question please. for you because I know we got wings to get to. We do have wings. Uh, last time the Super Bowl was held out in Arizona, we had the Malcolm uh, Butler interception right. by the Patriots. Do you think we have anything as exciting coming our way of an ending for a Super Bowl, or do you think that kind of takes the cake in in Arizona? Dude, you never know. I I do think that takes the cake in Arizona just because of how how much that game flipped on its head. Where I I would have loved to see a live probability of winning meter, right? Where it just as the Seahawks are driving, <laughs> it's right. just going up in the eighties and nineties, and you're basically at one hundred percent chance. Um. And it just goes so horribly wrong so quickly. And it's such a crazy – because Malcolm Butler, think about that. A guy no one knew mm-hmm. makes that play in the Super Bowl and earns himself contracts for the next you know, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Big contracts too. Um, I can't see anything quite as dramatic as that. Okay. I just can't see it. But, dude, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, this is this is the best of the best. It is – it's the NFL's finest. Um it's the grand finale, man. Um, Shawnee, it has been uh, a tremendous, tremendous season. Another great one. Um, this is number two for us in the books then, right? Yeah. We'll be heading into our third season, which is just ridiculous. Um, but we are going to really – we're going to put out some polls on uh, on Instagram with some of these questions. You guys can get involved. Um, make your predictions. Make your picks. We want to see them. We want to hear them. Um I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm just going to miss it. I'm, I'm, I'm so bummed that it's already over. I'm so bummed that the season's already kind of a wrap. But um, the Super Bowl, we, we send ourselves into the offseason with uh, with excitement nonetheless. So um, for Connor Forrest, for Sean Olette, Super Bowl 57 right in front of us. Let's enjoy it. Send us pictures, if you can, of what you're eating, what you're making, um, and enjoy the hell out of it. Um, enjoy the hell out of it because this is uh, it's our last hurrah before – 
On to the next, on to 2023-2024 season. Trust me, man. That is Bailey Zappi's year. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I can't leave a podcast without saying I'm it. I'm going to cut these cords and just sell everything. <laughs> God, I hate it so All right, much. man. I'm looking forward to it. We'll chat be after great. the Super Bowl. We will chat after the Super Bowl. We'll have a full Super Bowl recap and <laughs> um, catch you up on everything happening around the league. There's plenty going on around the league as we focus on the Super Bowl, the rest of the league. Um, refuses to sleep, so plenty of things to get into, but uh, enjoy the Super Bowl everybody, thank you so much for tuning in as always, continue to like, subscribe 5 star, review us wherever you are Um, Shawnee, I will see you next week and as always, you fine folks we will catch you guys on the other side (laughs) 